0: Thank you for tuning in to Shift the Plan podcast, where it is never too late to change the game. I'm your host, Rhonda Evans, and here we'll be listening to stories of the everyday woman, how life just, you know, brings you a little bit of obstacles, but what matters is what you do within the shift. Today on Shift the Plan podcast, I bring you another shift maker who is out here doing the doggone thing. And today we'll be talking to Ashley Hunt. Ashley Hunt is an East Charlotte native, which is so rare. So we have a unicorn on the show today, y'all. Um, she's a West salem State University alum, creative and communications PR specialist for Bella Boca and Hunt PR. She's also the creator of Nanity Now and co-founder of Queens in the City. She's a lover of arts, food, music, and great vibes. And when I tell you this episode is going to be full of nothing but great vibes, you're going to dive deep into her story, how she shifted from college to getting into the work for, into the workforce, and then how she found her purpose in public relations. And so. I need you guys to sit back and sit tight, and as a bonus for you guys, because this conversation was too good to just cut off, you not only get one episode, but you get two. You get two episodes out of this one conversation with Ashley Hunt, so sit back and enjoy, and let's get into this episode. all right thank you for tuning in to another week of shift the plan podcast i'm excited to have you guys here this evening and today we have a treat for you we have miss ashley hunt who is in the pr world so i know i need her and i'm pretty sure my listeners need her (laughs) because who doesn't need a pr person on their team right who doesn't need
1: i know that's right (laughs) (laughs)
0: so today we are going to speak to Ashley about all things PR what she's doing now and you know go ahead and get all these little gems on how to have a you know maybe you could give us a little nugget until we can afford to put you on the payroll (laughs) so Ashley tell our listeners who you are what you are about and you know how can they get down with you
1: well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast. I think it's really dope what you're doing and what it just what it all is going to become. And hopefully, you know, what the words that I have to say tonight and the words that in our, in our are in our conversation will, you know, touch some minds and some hearts because I think that's important that we all get to come together and share knowledge and information. And all that good stuff. So with that being said, that was my good little PR ramble of an intro. Um, But I am Ashley Hunt. I am born and raised in the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina, East East. So, yeah, I am a Carolina girl through and through. And I just, have always had a thing for communication. Like I, all of my reports in school were pretty good, except for the fact that I was really talkative to all my little friends. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And even like in high school, I was never really in a specific clique. Like I have my girls, like, you know, who I'm still kind of cool with to this day. And then I've had, I've just always been a floater because I've just always naturally gravitated towards people. Um, And that has a lot to do with my parents, like my mom's side of the family. We have a big family and then my dad, he's a chef. Um, So his natural habitat is, you know, performing, put on a show and like um, being Mr. Personality. So I think just the combination of those two have definitely made me who I am. And I'm also the oldest child. Um, I have a younger brother. And he's four years younger than me. So again, that's a lot of the outspokenness had to come from either (laughs) standing up for the both of us or standing up for myself when it was us against each other. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so all all of that early beginnings kind of shaped um, my interest for public relations, So. Went on to college, um, the Salem State University. Shout out to CIAA, shout out <laughs> to Black History Month. Um, I just went to a dope Black History or like HBCU event from one of my clients last night. Um, and it was like a HBCU trivia night. It was pretty dope just to have all the HBCUs there because I love, love, love my HBC, but that's a whole another podcast. Like I could be on here all day long promote for the schools like talking about Bennett like so we'll just say table that conversation for another
0: day but right we I do need to have that conversation though it, it, we it, do. it definitely has to be had like I, and I, I'm so, I hate that I did not bring that up I don't know if you saw, heard the last episode um, about the black college experience with Ivy uh, my friend Shalonda and Keisha um, and talking about their experiences at in HBCU and that's definitely something that should have come up so maybe we'll do a part two
1: and if you do, I definitely would love to be a part of that conversation. Um, just because I think in our culture, we're talking about everything else. We're giving mm-hmm. Trump his light. We're giving, you know, R. Kelly his shine. We're giving all the drama, all the negativity. We're giving it so much energy. Like, why can't we put that same energy towards crowdfunding? Why can't we put mm-hmm. that same energy towards supporting Black businesses? But
0: mm-hmm.
1: again, a part of my PR tangent, like. <laughs> I'm really passionate about people just getting it, you know, so um, where was I, oh, went to Sam State, went there, <laughs> um, had a great kind of college run, just involved in everything um, to the max, so I really thought that I wanted to be an educator, because I'd always grown up around children, um, so I thought that, oh, I'm going to be a teacher, and I got to school, and I realized, that. I don't think I want to work with young people (laughs) not to say that you know there's anything wrong with the the generation but you gotta be a special kind of person to be a teacher so shout out to all the teachers in America especially because y'all got a Mm -hmm. whole nother level to deal with and all the teachers just in the world like internationally and like doing like that whole dope English to secular language and like trying to cross those cultural barriers because I've always respected that But yeah, so teaching was not the lane. So we just started, (laughs) we started going down the checklist of, okay, what could work? So I um, majored in mass communications, was really strong at writing, always good um, at writing essays and creative writing and stuff like that. Um, And so I didn't want to do journalism because I didn't want to do news. Uh, So I studied electronic media and kind of got into TV production, radio production, that kind of stuff through my uh, practicum. And, uh, I decided that I didn't want to be in news either. Like I didn't want to be a producer. I was really good at it, but I just didn't want to be writing TV scripts. Like it was, it was cool. Like to kind of learn about it, but I was like, dang, this ain't what I want. And by this time it's like, uh. Since we about to start filling out registrar paperwork in a few, <laughs> you know, coming soon. So it's like, this is not the time to kind of be misdirected. So I kind of wanted to start focusing on what I was good at. So I started leaning back into the talking, started talking to my um, advisor, advisors. Shout out to all my advisors who put up with me and all the time so I would just bring them lunch so that we can have extended lunch in their office and <laughs> just... Look, look, your advisors, real talk, can be like your therapist sometimes if you have a really good advisor. So shout out to the good advisors out there because I put them in the same respect boat with teachers and so many, so many other administrations and uh, reputations. But So, yeah, I went to my advisor's office, kicked around some ideas, and talked to them about speech communications. Well, by this time, I was seeing things around the communications department about there being a spring break trip to Jamaica for a week. So, like, the same time we would be on spring break, the speech communications department was going to be studying abroad in uh, Jamaica. So, (laughs) I coincidentally found myself... Filing out some paperwork so that I could have me a good old minor in speech communications. And I'm pretty sure that's illegal to say now. But, you know, I got my degree. It's all good. (laughs) Um, But that was my motivation to sign up for my speech comm minor. And I had to bust my ass. So, like, when you think that your senior year would just be floating on your last little bit of credits. Like, no, I picked up a minor my junior year so that I could go to Jamaica
0: just for <laughs> a free trip bro. On a study I'm going to get all this extra work I'm going
1: to so get, get, get this extra coursework I'm going to sign up for these extra notes I'm going to push these extra papers out to crank out these requirements because I was going on this trip and I did and it was a great <laughs> It was a great experience for one because I had family in Jamaica. So like my aunt's were oh. to come to the hotel where I was staying at and like they got to kick some patois tours and stuff like that. Um, so it was really dope to kind of have that personal connection and then just the fact that we weren't staying on a resort. So any other time I had been to Jamaica when I was younger, like with family on vacations and stuff like that, we were on a resort. So it was very, like, you have your structured programs if you're a kid or, like, your teen clubs if you're a teenager, Uh, but it's not really, like, exploring the island. When I went in college, I really, like, we spent time in schools. We had to do Mm -hmm. give back and, like, cultural things like that to get to know the people. Um, Mm -hmm. And then at night, we were figuring out, you know, the night scene as well. So we were at the clubs and all that stuff, and the clubs are not, like, how they are in America, so. (laughs) We used to shutting it down about 2, 3 o'clock in Greensboro and Winston-Salem, though. No. And Jamaica, we're partying until the sun comes up. And then we're still partying on to the breakfast. And like oh, wow. uh, <laughs> The culture, just getting to really be engulfed in the culture was worth me going through all of the extraness and the extra credit hours my senior year. So not having no chill my senior year on the executive board of stuff, like working jobs, like just... I, just all over the place. But I realized then, well, I maybe I didn't realize that. I realized now that what I was doing then is what I'm doing now in the, in the world of PR, like the craziness, the time management, the scheduling. Um, I had some dope internships while I was in college um, with some, you know, amazing people who worked for the university and things like that. So I really got to get a chance to build the platform that i have now even though i didn't realize it like at the time i was just who got the check what's gonna look good on the res- <laughs> what's gonna look good on the resume who has the check um and what do i have to do to graduate like those were as long as those three check boxes were getting checked off i was good um so that was college
0: Oh wow! <laughs> so you guys- that's,
1: that's the journey from like childhood until college like after college was a whole nother chapter like flip the book flip the page oh
0: dear goodness so (laughs) let me just make this clear.
1: I just wanted you to be able to process from there till college because I did I did a lot but I also made sure to enjoy the process along the way so I did have friends I did go out that's a lot of the reason why I was tired because I was balancing a work and a life schedule like I was Hanging out, taking care of business, making sure I was on honor roll, but I was also making sure I had a social life too, like making sure I had time to spend going back home to Charlotte to see family when I could and things like that.
0: Girl, you were like Superwoman, okay? (laughs) Because you were like, I'm gonna do everything, okay? And no one's gonna tell me no. And on top of that, I'm gonna make sure that these grades are popping, okay? I need to be on honor roll. I need.
1: Look, let me tell you, two things made it apparently clear that I had to have good grades. One was my parents, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can afford for you to be at a four-year university for four years. And if you have any longer than four years to figure that out, you will be figuring whatever that excess out is, or I don't care if it's grad school, I don't care if it's an extra year, I don't care if it's a leap year, whatever that stretch goal looks like for you, sis, we're four years in for your four-year university. So I understood we that. Because there's, again, I'm the oldest child. There's somebody coming right behind me. Mm
0: -hmm, After,
1: as soon as he graduates high school, I'm graduating college. And then, you know, as soon as I'm graduating college, he's going into college. So I understood the responsibility of that. But then um, also federal funding just kept getting cut. Like, freshman year looked really nice, like, with scholarships and grant money and, you know, private grants or, like, private scholarships from, like, you know, little essays mm-hmm. and all that shit that you do when you're trying to get free money for college and stuff. Exactly. So I had very minimal loans, but then you know, year after year, financial aid is another thing that could be a really good topic because you need to pay attention to that financial aid. Like I'm not knowing 18, 19 years old that that refund check is what I should have been pocketing and putting into a savings account. You know what I mean? So girl. just <laughs> girl at the we all at the mm. mall spending on crazy stuff oh, that's when hard as <laughs> girl like the stories that you have of what people have done with those refund checks like just blowing it like it's free money and it's not like loans have to be paid back and next time. <laughs> if you are not careful and you're not smart about your paperwork like they'll make it really easy for you to access the money when you're in school and that's the problem because when you're a college student and when you're broke, and when you are tired of eating noodles and noodles, that re- mm-hmm. like doing what you have to do to maximize that refund check looks real good. Yeah. Um, but then when you get out of school, you're having to pay that money back. Like it may not exactly. be right away, but like all of that thousands and thousands of dollars So I say all that mm-hmm. to say that I started off freshman year with all these, you know, uh, federal grants and federal scholarships, and then year after year, just. This program doesn't exist anymore. This program got dissolved. This program lost their funding. You know what I mean? So I had mm-hmm. to pick up a loan in order to stay in school. So by the time I got to senior year, I was looking at that tab like, whew.
0: It grows. It grows real so quick before you yeah. realize
1: it. Uh, interest will make it grow even quicker, child. That's a whole nother story. But yeah, just not really having those two options i just knew that i had to i had to go get it and i had to make sure i made the most of my experience while i was here because it was only going to be for four years and i had to make sure that i capitalized on all of the all of the people are going to meet because the, the only thing you keep hearing in high school is oh college is going to be the best years of your life the best years of your life now i struggled during those best years of my life but they really were like the people i've met the opportunities I were able to, you know, even foster to this day, I, I owe that to like everything I had to learn how to get on my own in college. And it's not that I didn't have a stable family, I had a strong support system. Like I had friends who, you know, would carry me through the weak moments when I couldn't go home or when I couldn't call home. I would have, you know, family who would be there for me. Um, When I was going through those tough times. So if it wasn't for that support system still keep pushing me through college, you know, both that was related to me and both that's not related to me, then that that would have played a factor in it as well
0: yeah we talked uh, in depth about how those relationships that you build when you're in college like those become your forever friends like while you're there they become your family like that's your your support system like you said and I think if you felt if you thought it would have been like an easy ride and there would be no consequences then perhaps it would have been different but you knew that there were people counting on you so you didn't want to let them down
1: exactly that's exactly what it was
0: yep So, wow. Well, one thing I will say is, as a child, (laughs) you know, we have those very special children that like to talk a lot, parents that maybe your future producer, broadcaster can be our Okay, <laughs> sh-
1: shut up is not always the answer. The iPad is not always the answer. Like, you got to let children be creative, and you got to yeah. let them, like, talk to you. And, like, that's how we have so many messed up situations to report on now is because we're not o- opening the lines of communication early. And I feel like if that was a natural thing for your child to feel like they could be comfortable being who they are around the people who are supposed to love them the most, then they'll, they'll grow into, you know what I'm saying? They'll grow into yeah. be decent human beings. But because we always are like, no, shut up, or I don't want to hear that, or like, you know, people are just tired. That's another mm-hmm. thing, too, is like where support really plays a hand is because you can't always do it. And I just, I've never... <laughs> Been a single mother, but I, you know, shout out to single mothers and single yeah. fathers out there because doing it, mm-hmm. being both on your own, I'm sure can be very taxing. And so when you're like coming in from two or three jobs, you, the last thing you're probably trying to hear is that trumpet play at <laughs> 8 p.m. You know what I mean? You might just be trying to wind it down, but you don't yeah. know if that's the next Dizzy collection. you know what I mean? So it's like you got to really find ways that if you can't foster that creativity in the house find other ways to do it like you know what i mean like find other ways to give children an outlet whether whether it's after school programs or like sunday schools or bible school like i don't know what that is that looks different for everybody's family but just something so that kids can still be kids because they're in this age of social media and like internet and access like kids are having found like (laughs) <laughs> I remember waiting to high school to get my first phone, my little cell phone, a little flip phone, a little cricket, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I was so high. And like, these kids have iPhone, like iPhones better than my plan now. And I'm like, who, 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 who are you calling? Who are you calling? <laughs> like, Oh no, I just have it for games. But there's game games is the person in front of you. Like <laughs> games is the deck of Uno cards. These kids don't grow up on that kind of stuff. You know, that kind of quote. Games used to be playing outside, running, how to go seek for me. You know what I'm saying? With my brothers exactly. and my friends in the neighborhood are playing t- football and stuff like that. But I mean, I also was a tomboy, so I'm a little bit different. But like, even <laughs> still, like the girls hopscotch, like jump rope. And like, it's sad to say that we don't live in a world where kids can freely go out and do that kind of stuff no more. Mm-hmm. But that's also another reason why the whole pushing them to talk to you is so important and giving them creative outlets is so important because we don't have those safe spaces anymore so to speak
0: and i absolutely them. agree like i i think that if we were living in a time where we encouraged our children to put their electronics down turn the tv off and do those things that you know we can pull out what's really their passions what's really their dreams who they are who, discovering who they're going to be because when my children were little they there are recordings of them putting on new shows you couldn't tell me that one of them was go, not going to be a journalist you could not tell me that back then I mean but it did turn into a passion and a love for the arts so both of them now attend an art school now I will say this at 11 12 o'clock at night you do get tired of hearing them singing all night long or the floor <laughs> bumping up and down because you dancing in the room. Now I'm like, Oh dear God. But then I think about, okay, like for my son, it's a senior year. He's probably practicing for a performance or, you know, for an audition. And then with my daughter, there's probably a performance coming up. So yeah, you, you got to kind of remember that, but there are definitely days I'm like, okay, cut it off. It's time to stop. <laughs>
1: I can imagine, I can imagine definitely, but I just try to, in in those moments when I'm trying to be the friend at the single desk that doesn't really know anything, but can't offer (laughs) you encouraging advice, I try to be like, you know what, just think about the alternative, you know, they could be doing other things at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night Mm
0: -hmm. that are or
1: are not in your house, that are, 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 you may or may not hear. So if I gotta deal with thirty more thirty more minutes, we we are gonna give it a curfew now because Mom gotta get up for work in the morning. But you know, it's all about rules and like at least respect at the end yeah. of the day. And I feel yeah. like if you can give them that creative freedom, but still have the respect, like all right, time to yeah. shut it down and have boundaries with it, I think it'd be cool. Like I used to homeschool um, a student. And he was like around kindergarten age and stuff. And the one thing I loved about home like being in a homeschool environment was that I got to let him be creative. Like mm-hmm. we got to mm-hmm. learn about the continents well before his age. Like while he's learning his ABCs, he's learning about the seven continents. Wow. While you know what I'm saying, while he's learning how to write his name, he's also learning how to write a book about Africa because he's learned mm-hmm. so much information about Africa. He's learned all the parts, he's made both of us learn the (laughs) ins and outs of the human anatomy. You know what I mean? Just because that's the kind of stuff mom comes to me. It's like, I want him to learn about this, this and this in the curriculum. And then I had the freedom to structure what that looked like through the lens of a five-year-old or a six-year-old. And I thought that that was pretty dope because in our schools, we don't get that. It's very standardized testing. It's very, you got to pass this or Mm -hmm. get this number or get this mark to get to the next level and that stifles people that's another thing that stifles Mm -hmm. people from being people it's like not everybody is a test taker and not everybody um does well at studying or does well at right you know what I mean so I feel Mm -hmm. like there just to be so many other avenues for people to learn because I don't think that it's the fact that people or children, or kids, or teenagers aren't learning, I don't think, I think it's the fact that they like the resources mm-hmm. that they need to really just kind of get out there. Yeah.
0: yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. But I think that that's probably going to be a whole nother roundtable that we probably do too, because I think that that is so, so, so important. Like, On the weekends we have my three youngest they come over um, on the weekends and so we make it a point to on every Friday have family night and that's not watching television or anything like that that's playing Monopoly. Learn how to count. Learn how to manage money. Learn how to do those different things. Or, you know, we might play Uno. So I'm trying to incorporate, you know, things like Scrabble and stuff like that in there because while it can be fun, you're still learning.
1: And you know what? I love, first of all, I love that idea and second of all, I think that that doesn't have to stop at families because let me tell you, you can tell when people have grown up socially awkward or like, I think just the time we're in social media and our phones again have made it socially awkward because people will be out at live events people our age will be out at parties or at like you're supposed to be at the movies and like you're Mm -hmm. on your phone or you're at like I posted a lot of game nights and like game nights it's like people are still on their phone so it's like it's cool when we can break away from the technology period and just enjoy Mm -hmm. being in the company of each other no matter who that is whether that's friend to friend whether that's you're on a date child (laughs) <laughs> if you are on a date, put the phone away, leave it in your car, like leave yep. your location on so your girl can find you <laughs> in case something pop off, but like leave it in your purse. You know what I mean? Because people just don't, there is, we're just so socially awkward now because yeah. nobody wants to really have conversations or mm-hmm. it's weird to look people in the eyes when you talk. Well, when I was growing up, Ooh. like you could not have a conversation without looking somebody in the eye. Like that was yep. rude if you did. So it's like exactly. now- I find, I find myself kind of in that catch-22. I do have my moments where I'm not, I catch myself not looking at somebody in the eye just because mm-hmm. of, you know, how I've been around other people. And then I catch myself making eye contact and feeling other people feel weird about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I, I understand both sides of the spectrum, but we just, we all got to do a better job of it.
0: I agree
1: I absolutely agree
0: so let's most of the time when people are in college you know they're making different shifts because they might start off thinking this is going to be my major and then they might shift it to a whole different major so after college well let's just say this you got into mass communications by default (laughs) by default right so after college what shifts did you make before you realized and settled like okay this is really what I want to do this is what I was meant to be meant to um, do on this earth
1: all right so now we're at post-grad chapter one like (laughs) I'm trying to keep track of the story so that when I go back and listen to this I can make a pretty dope book out of it
0: Oh, uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> keep, always keep thinking about the progression. About
1: the next, exactly about the next shift. Yes. Um, no, okay. So we left off the story at college. Who graduated college? First of all, kids, here's another pro tip: if your graduation party is the night before your graduation, don't go. Just don't. Like you have seen all those friends for the four-ish years that you have been in college. You'll see them after the graduation ceremony just don't Mm -hmm. set yourself up like that that's a that's a whole nother offline (laughs) conversation (laughs) but let's just say graduate shout out to class of 2012 because yeah it was lit but that's the pro tip for graduation just don't just don't go to the party like you've been to plenty of other parties guys it's cool just not that one not the morning now if you got an afternoon graduation you might be able to swing it but i'm not gonna be advocating for that for y'all but yeah so we graduated college and was looking for full-time employment because these letters that were coming in the mail were making it very clear that these student loans would need to be paid back shortly after I came off of my graduation hiatus. So um, <clears throat> the first couple of jobs that I had, well, I actually had one of my jobs that I had in college. I was a uh, sales rep for Verizon so i was like a regional manager and i would go to different stores um, up and down you know north carolina south carolina gastonia um just all those different regions and i would just go and site check stores and stuff like that um so i was doing that for a couple of months after school just because it was what i was already doing it was money um and then i was still applying to Different agencies and just getting my feelings out there, like buffing up my LinkedIn page. Like, got the BAMS calm now. What's good? Got that. Okay, (laughs) speech communications minor. You see these Latin honors? I know y'all. Like, I'm thinking the floodgates are just about to be open, baby. Like, I'm here. I have arrived. Here we are. Undergrad, and no, the (laughs) the inbox was dry. Um so we had to make some money. Yeah. We had to we had to figure it out. Um, but I say all like that to say that the temp job was cool, but it was just that it was a temp job. Literally in the sense that they called me New Year's Eve to let me know that they would be letting me go or my contract would be ending um on New Year's Day.
0: That's so I'm like,
1: first of That's all, I'm First of all, I'm off New Year's Eve, and y'all know that I'm off. And I'm pretty sure you know the celebratory practices of people who are off on this day, let alone the next day. So I'm not supposed to be hearing from you guys until Monday, January second. And Craig. you're calling to tell me that on Monday, January second, I'll be turning in my badge. That's cool, but you could, you did not have to call me on December thirty first and let me know that information. I'm good. They thought
0: your name was Craig. <laughs>
1: On oh, my day off, oh. oh, your
0: day off.
1: <laughs> okay, too tight. I mean, let's just say that made for a really good New Year's because I was like, I mean, hey, we <laughs> we gotta figure it out on Monday. So tonight, let's live. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was really messed up, and I was like, I can't do this, Tim this temp situation like they sent me emails the next week like oh well we have these other positions open but i wasn't really feeling it you know what i'm saying i knew that mm-hmm. i wasn't finna put myself in this whole hopping from temp position and i mean like i say i don't knock anybody for anything everybody's experiences are a part of what makes them who they are no regardless of what you had to do to get money you know what i'm saying they're all mm-hmm. stepping stones to what god is here but that was my one stepping stone that knew me that told me i needed to step to something greater like Mm -hmm. no this is not the level that you're sitting on so um through a couple family friends referrals i found out about a nanny position so i started nannying for a family um that lived about 30 45 minutes away from my house um i essentially moved in and was a live-in nanny um how does
0: that even happen (laughs) like from (laughs) mass communication to being a
1: living man okay so let's backtrack let's get you there so temp (laughs) job ends in january um i don't even remember what year this is by now because i'm old like i don't want to (laughs) start dating myself like in 20 because we're you know when the kids of the 30 30s hear this interview i don't want them to be judging me so in 20 27-something, you know, 16, 17, 15, 12, 11, it's all up in that jumble pot. So somewhere between 2012 when I graduated and the 2019, which is now. So there, y'all can figure out that math in between there. But some, okay, so it was January, probably right after I graduated. So six months after I graduated that January, um, I needed to find money because I needed to, like I had plans to move out into an apartment. I had moved out my stuff back home from college. Um, and then my parents, did, well, not my parents, but my mom and I were kept having conversations about finding a house. And so I was really stuck on, okay, that makes the most sense. Like ownership is probably going to work out better for me at the end of the day. So I moved back home, started saving money. Um, for buying a house. And then when the temp job ended, I was like, well, I can't not have a temp job and (laughs) be saving money and paying bills. So I needed to figure something out. So, like I said, um, I just had a family friend or actually I think one of my aunts was the one who knew, um, the grandmother of the children. And so the mother of the children was a doctor, um, Mm -hmm. and she had been going through a divorce. And so, the parents are separated, so the mother, because she's a doctor, she's on call all the time. She mm-hmm. needs somebody there to help watch her kids, so she has a older daughter and then a set of twins, a boy and a girl,
0: mm-hmm. and so,
1: okay, I can understand that. You guys are, you know, separated. I understand how that goes. You just need somebody in lieu until right. you find, like, a permanent nanny, because also, I didn't know what nannies going rates were you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I'm just coming out of college I'm just coming (laughs) off of a temp job I'm willing to take whatever's paying and like you're selling the dream like I come and be a living nanny like I just drop the kids out like real smooth like Mm -hmm. just drop the kids off in the morning you have the days to yourself and then, you know, pick the kids up in the evening, handle the, you know, some of the meals are cooked, and, you know, if the meals aren't cooked, they'll leave money for you to go take the kids to eat. So as a 20-some college student, I'm like,
0: this that's sounds awesome. straight,
1: okay? <laughs> I get to drive your Lexus, you know what I'm saying? I get to just watch mm-hmm. your kids. I, Like I said, I have been around kids all my life, from um having my first job at the summer camp to, like, just babysitting and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... <laughs> That'd be a breeze. Okay, <laughs> I'm about to get paid for just living up in somebody's nice house. No, right. God so was like, reality check number whatever number we're on by now, because you know that's just how he does. He just keeps dropping the gems in my life. Like, here's your next jewel, but right. you're gonna go through the dirt, the diamond, the pressure, all that stuff that comes with it. But right. here's your gem. I'm gonna drop it for you. <laughs> so yeah, and the nanny field the gym that he dropped was that i had to grow up because i did not want to be a mother of three at 22 years old mm-hmm. it was very stressful um you know the first couple of months were cool because the kids were like getting to know miss ashley and then you know once that novelty worn off and they realized i was the middle person between mom and dad that's when politics start coming into play you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's good cop there's good cop and then there's miss ashley Who's a right. asshole? Like <laughs> to the kids, I'm. You know what I'm saying? I'm the authoritative, like, medium, and so mm-hmm. I just got really frustrated with the fact that while mom wanted to be good cop and while dad also wanted to be a good cop, y'all gotta raise the kids, and part of raising kids is disciplining kids, and I can't discipline your kids for you unless that's like my family. Like, if it's my little cousin or my godson or something. I can snatch you up like in my own because I have that relationship with your family. Here, this is a business relationship. So unless you right. have written consent that I could put your kid, you know what I'm saying, timeouts yeah. and taking away desserts and going to bed only early, early only works as far as the kids know that it works. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So once that starts weaning off, they know how to start pushing buttons. And so yeah. I just got to a point where it's like, I can't raise these kids for you. Mm-hmm. One i'm one I 'm too young and too dumb to, to make logical decisions about this, the well-being of three children. Not to say I've ever put them in danger, but like I'm just a young kid, I don't have yeah. children of my own. I couldn't you know what I'm saying so it, there were certain dots that somebody who had more experience needed to connect, that I was I was just a, supposed to be a temporary placeholder um. Mm-hmm. And it just kept spiraling out of control. You know what I mean? So it was like one instance that happened when I was a nanny was that the house flooded. Just, I forgot, a pipe burst or something, girl, randomly one night. So this big, beautiful dream of a mansion that I'm living in is now this middle of the night nightmare. You know what I'm saying? Like, this Mm -hmm. is during the school week, so I got to keep the kids calm. I have to... Make sure the kids, you know, don't get into any of the mm-hmm. flood. Like, it's just a whole 911 FEMA emergency. And I'm like, don't know how to handle it. because That was a lot.
0: Like, that wasn't even your home.
1: Correct. And so, I mean, regardless, like, God is great, the greatest, like we handled it, we got through it. But like that period, it was like after the house was flooded, the kids couldn't stay there because of health concerns, of course. So mm-hmm. it's like we mm-hmm. were at like a, 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 um extended stay for a while so that mm-hmm. they could go and clean up the house from the extended stay to the apartment. So it's like making all of these shifts and all of these transitions in this one season mm-hmm. became a lot. I was like, okay, God, like, I don't know what it is that you're trying <laughs> to show me, but you're clearly trying to show me that this is not my lane. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I say all that to say that I had a lot of learning what I did not need to do or did not mm-hmm. want to do, but all of those experiences had to shape me and prepare me for what it is I'm doing now. So like you asked again, how did you get from communications to Nanny? Well, networking and word of mouth. Is what landed me the position with Annie in, and yeah. then networking and word of mouth, and you know, not losing my head in a crisis and stuff like that is what kept me in a position of keeping three human beings alive for <laughs> you know almost a year. Is what kept us like not losing it when you know you're in an overwhelming situation, an unexpected situation like that. You know what I mean? So it's like. Mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate the value that those situations had then because I was in it. And I think so exactly. many times it's like, Oh, I'm working at McDonald's or oh, I'm at this job or oh, I hate this class or it's like, you're not appreciating what, appreciating what that is preparing you because those little moments built up for like stuff that I deal with now in PR. Like I just came off of working an all-star fashion show in 2019. Mm-hmm. But in 2013, when I'm like, mopping up floors at 5 a.m. trying to still fix breakfast and you know get crying kids together you know what I'm saying calm them down and things like that like I didn't realize how parallel those those two things would run until Mm -hmm. you know you kind of sit back and reflect on it so that was the nanny season child it just got to a point where it was a lot oh so during the nanny season um like I said I had I had a schedule of dropping the kids off to daycare and elementary school, and then I had the days to myself. So during those days, I was applying a jobs, trying to find part-time jobs, something that I could keep that hustle going, like keep myself busy during the day, because I didn't want to be sitting around the house just folding clothes and stuff like that. Right. So word of mouth again, shout out to my cousin Brian, um, at a family event or a family function, and you know we're talking about the whole, oh, what are you doing after school, da, da. Um, that whole conversation that you have mm-hmm. with a family that you haven't seen in a while. So, you know, I tell him what I went to school for, what I'm doing now. He's like, oh, I should put you in contact with my best friend, Donata. Donata is the owner of Bella Boca Public Relations, which is my current PR job now. Okay. So when Brian introduced us, he just kind of passed along her contact information. She set up an interview. Um, and then I went to go meet with her. This was... June. By this time, this is, like, June Mm -hmm. 2013-ish, if I had to guess, Um, because it's still a little bit after college, but I know it was right in the thick of all of the nanny Mm -hmm. drama, so I was, like, I've got to find something else to do, so I, like, looked up her credentials, like, I looked up her her website, her social media, I was, like, okay, she looks dope, you know, Um, so I went to interview with her, and it's so crazy because... When I entered, when I went to go to our interview, we met and as soon as I sat down, this lady walks up to us and she's like, are you two sisters? And we both looked at each other like, (laughs) we literally just met each other like 30 seconds ago. (laughs) And so we had that moment and then like kind of from there, we kind of started the conversation and the interview and all that stuff. So that went really well. Um, and that led to an internship because at the time she didn't have a job but Mm -hmm. I was so willing to get out of the house honey and not be a step for housewife (laughs) that I was like cool what you need me do you need me to intern. and then she um so one of the first clients I ever worked with was No Limit Leary Power 98 um So I just thought that that was dope that I would get to work Mm -hmm. with Power 98 and kind of hang out with No Limit. Because I had known him growing up in Charlotte listening to the Mm -hmm. radio, but I didn't really get to know him. So I told her that my aspirations were probably in celebrity entertainment. And she quickly threw me into that world so that that bubble could be burst. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but burst in a good way because it shattered my expectations of this glamorous life I thought PR was. Like, I just was Googling, you know what I mean? Like, going on Indeed and going on LinkedIn and searching these jobs. And I'm like reading the descriptions, like, oh, I can do that. I can, you know what I'm saying? That's my skill set. I'm aligning myself with these cookie cutter positions when really what my public relations career has been is taking pieces of like Mm -hmm. all of that and making myself beneficial to the client and I know that now from first getting thrown into the entertainment world because when I was working with No Limit it was a lot of hustle and bustle Mm -hmm. Um, like with the radio stations and events like all that kind of crowd control media attention like all of that is a lot of stuff to handle and you really have got to be on your on point on your shit on your grime, um, if if you're going to be in that world, because that world is full of a lot of temptation and a Mm -hmm. lot of irresponsibility. And it takes a responsible person to be able to step in there and bring order to that space. Because Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, events are all about People and fans and excitement but then you we're seeing it from the other end as a consumer versus the people who have to put on the events and the people who have to make sure everything goes off smoothly without anybody getting injured and stuff like that so mm-hmm. that really opened my mind to who pr is not just going to be sitting here writing some cute little stories like you were in college and like you know what i mean It's crisis yeah. management it's like if this person said something how are you going to um, Olivia Pope, what they, you know what I'm saying, exactly. what they said or what they wrote or what, even if they meant it. So it was like, it really gave me a crash course into um, this is more than just what you think it is. And so mm-hmm. once I got that internship, I was literally like in, you know, Huntersville, Cornelius, dropping off the kids down to Charlotte during the day, trying to beat rush hour back up 77. Um, to pick the kids up from school, do the dinner mm-hmm. thing, do the homework, do the bath time, do the bedtime once they finally get in bed because if you anybody who has kids know that they <laughs> don't just Go to bed at 830. Yeah. Like, like you say, it's got to be a story and it's got to be love for all three of them. It's just a lot. So yeah. after the kids are finally in bed, I'm up two, three, four hours more working on media research working on assignments you know what i mean so that that mm-hmm. stuff can get sent over to your desk by 5 6 a.m so i can be up at 5 6 a.m to do it all again get the kids up and get on you know what i mean you know, yeah. so it was like when that was an internship i was realizing like this must be something that i really want to do because i'm willing to sacrifice the little yeah. three four hours of sleep i would get being a quote-unquote mom mm-hmm. Like I'm willing to sacrifice that sleep, or I'm willing to sacrifice that gas to drive back and forth or I'm willing to sacrifice my weekends where i will I would hang out now I'm going to be at an event or I have to be you know what I'm saying responsible mm-hmm. for um, different things. And so Nolan Larry was the door, or he was the entry as far as being mm-hmm. the first client. But a lot of the work that we did were with small businesses, were with oh, okay. nonprofit organizations. And so I got engulfed into that world just as much as I did the quote unquote glamorous side of it. Okay. So once I was doing that for a while, Um, I had an agreement with the family that I would you know make sure I see the twins off to elementary school so everybody would all be at the same school together so after that first month of everybody being in the same school I was out. (laughs) Thank you. Good night. I was actually offered a position with my internship so I God bless you guys, best of luck, best wishes. I didn't stick around to see if they were going to wait to find somebody else because that's out. how that's how I had gotten myself in the position anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Just waiting for that yes from somebody else. So when I finally found that yes for me, I was like, I got to take it because this opportunity may not be here. So you know what I mean? So once I left that, the internship did turn into a – um commission check you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. here or like a project check there and one project turned into two two projects turned into four um so it still wasn't enough to sustain me because mind you I'm still looking to move at this time I'm still by this time after the nanny situation I had moved back home because I had been in living with the family in the house and all of that good stuff for all for about a year And I, when I was done with that, I was like, well, I was still on this house hunt, but this nanny position was again, like the tent position making enough Mm -hmm. to keep me afloat. Um, so I gotta do, I gotta do something else. So I started getting out there again, put my feelers out there and I got a full-time job at a pharmaceutical company. So by now we're Around 2015 ish. So this okay. is this is what you would say the big girl chapter or the big girl era because mm-hmm. this was the first like time you see a 401k or the time yeah. you see stock options <laughs> or like they hand you this whole packet of paperwork like this is your intro packet you got to fill this <laughs> and sign this and copy your birth yeah. certificate three times you know what I mean so all the important work that I thought that you slaved and did for college I'm like this is it this is the this (laughs) is the stamp I'm gonna climb this corporate ladder and I'm gonna be the head public relations here at blah 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 company no (laughs) no I was at that job for uh two almost two and a half years and um I was in the same position and I was mm-hmm. like I again you if you listen to the track record there's fire I'm a mover and shaker so when things yeah. are getting stagnant I need how can I level up like should, do I need extra credit like what you need me to do so that I can
0: mm-hmm.
1: bump up that paycheck or bump up this salary you know what I mean like I'm trying to get there and I'm not trying yeah. to take five years to get there I'm not trying to take 10 years to get there I want to get it right, while I'm here, because I I don't plan to be here forever, I just plan to get here up enough to get my house, and get my student loans paid off, and, like, (laughs) be out, like, (laughs) buy, buy America, I'm gonna go work for myself now, (laughs) (laughs) so, no, um, I was there for two years, and I was basically, like, in the call center position, like, Mm -hmm. or, and the middleman between doctors and insurance companies, Mm -hmm. so, well, I learned a lot about insurance, I learned a lot about medical coding, again, I'm sitting in this chair like, what does this have to do with you? <laughs> Without my plan, like I said, God, I like to talk to people. I ain't mean, I like to talk to people on the <laughs> phone, transferring phone calls. but I don't think you heard me right. <laughs>
0: Look, let me be specific. Let me let me just break it down for you.
1: Ooh, okay, I don't. I must have sent half of the message up there. I must have got distracted. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like for a house that's one, I had stopped in mid prayer to see what happened or something, but. Clearly, I have, mi- I have miscommunicated what it was that I'm asking for. Right. But in, again, in that position, I'm learning patience. I'm learning how to type my ass off because <laughs> that's all I do now is tip typing away. I learn constructive ways. Um, of clapping back via corporate clap back. Um, yeah. You know, I learned what that was about. I didn't get that exposure as a nanny because when you're clapping back with a five-year-old, it's <laughs> it's. it's I would say that it's totally different than clapping back to a 45-year-old, but in retrospect, I think just the wording was different. I'm pretty sure the energy that I had was the same.
0: It was the same.
1: It was probably the same. Now that I think about it in this moment. But like you know what I, I learned professionalism I learned you know about dress cuz my dress is kind of I do what I want and then when mm-hmm. I was a nanny it was really like I'm chilling because right. 90% of the day I'm behind a computer or I'm behind somebody's kids so I don't mm-hmm. really have a need to get dressed up like I would be on the yard in college trying to look cute um, mm-hmm. so I had to get into that mentality of wearing makeup in the mornings and wearing heels and that kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. so that was cool as far as adulting me a little mm-hmm. bit but at the same time the job itself was very encapsulating like I would I started a creative committee just so that we could do stuff like celebrate birthdays on the team and mm-hmm. celebrate holidays or like come together for like team building stuff you know what i mean like yeah or like like digital like we did a digital bingo and i was so geeked because i'm like we're sitting here sending emails and it's bingo and it's not this corporate clap bag bullshit from the conference meeting or the conference call and you know what i mean like it's actually Mm -hmm. fun but that little bit of like spark wasn't enough like yeah and when it wasn't well received, I didn't take that well. So like I would plan <laughs> I would plan group outings like let's go bowling and then like five people would show up bowling. I'm like, I hate my coworkers. <laughs> but like in retrospect, that wasn't the environment. You know what I mean? Like not everybody's trying to go parlay with their coworkers for a drink after work. And I get that. But when I was 23, 24, all I knew was like vibrancy energy and like being that bubbly personality so i learned a lot about working with different personalities and personality types Mm -hmm. and hierarchies and things like that in the corporate setting but again that got to a point where it was just very strenuous to put on the fake smile and i was like i'm really good at what i'm doing but every time i'm trying to Climb higher or advance higher, I felt like I was the firefly hitting the lid, and i mm-hmm. didn 't want to keep hitting the lid i 'm like i 'm doing everything it is I feel like i 'm supposed to be doing to advance, and I see other people doing what they're supposed to be doing to even be higher than where they are, and they're yeah. in the same boat, if not you know longer than what I am, so I was like, this is probably not going to be it, mind <laughs> you. Mind you, mind you, now the dynamics have changed. I'm no longer a broke college student. I'm no longer a struggling nanny mm-hmm. uh, slash intern. I am now a gainfully employed, um, you know, communication specialist. And I've got this side money popping with the PR mm-hmm. because the PR is still popping. And now we're growing business because we're growing clientele yeah um so we get to about 2016 i'm like got some nice little savings. like i've been house hunting like physically house hunting like going <laughs> turnkey walkthroughs like going to pick out where my house i just hadn't found it and so um you know just dedicated to the process like i'm cutting back on eating now i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that so i can get into my house and then i got the notice in a staff meeting one week that the company was relocating. Mm -hmm. Um, And so everybody could either relocate with us um, when we leave in March or you could let us know otherwise. And so that was again another shift that I wasn't expecting because here I am picking out houses and now you're telling me that my company is picking up and moving granted moving down the street but still in a whole nother state and a Mm -hmm. whole nother you know situation um and that just threw my game plan off because i wasn't willing to do the commuting thing yeah just to keep the paycheck and i also wasn't willing to sacrifice what i what i saw i wanted in the house which was ownership in the place where i grew up like i want to own a house in charlotte and i Mm -hmm. didn't want to blow that money buying a house somewhere else just because it'd be cheaper or just because it'd be closer to work or just because it'd be the quick answer Mm -hmm. and so i had to sit back once again and be like okay god
0: what are we going to do what, you, what, you, got for what me? you
1: got to play because you know we i i trusted you through the whole nanny thing i trusted you get me to you know this position now but now i'm a little conflicted you know because i, I there's a lot of money to just be walking away from you know what i mean this is a little little five six figure check okay i don't i don't think that i it's your will to just let them just move the c- like can i work remotely like we gotta take exactly. like i tried tried all of those options exhausted all those options no dice. no it wasn't thank you for your interest but no thank you like no so it just wasn't happening so i was like you know what i'm gonna stop trying to do it my way what do you want me to do and then i literally Every, I feel like this is everybody's testimony I literally heard a voice my, <laughs> but like no I heard something I don't want to call it a voice but it was something in my heart that mm-hmm. like you would know when you have that voice in your head but yes. this day it wasn't like a voice it wasn't like I audibly heard something but something in my spirit was like you can either keep doing it your way or you can follow me and then as quickly as that little voice whisper whatever had said that it had left and all I was left was with blank thoughts like well gee, you think what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> so I went to sleep on it because I, w- I really wasn't sure like it came out of nowhere I wasn't like praying specifically about the situation I just was kind of you know going through the motions of going to work coming home um all that kind of stuff and so when I did that, um, I came home, went to sleep. I woke up the next day, and I typed up my two-week resignation. It was like two weeks out until the company was moving, and I put it on a nice little pink slip so that there was no confusion as to what um, this paper was for. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> this is a pink paper for my resignation. Um, and I gave it to him, and I was like, yeah, so... Good luck with that move, guys. But that desk that y'all got slated for me, just don't even move my... Like, this box will be empty by the time you relocate stuff to put at people's desks because I won't be there. My nameplate won't be there. I won't be there. Wow. But yeah, a lot of drama happened within that two years of the corporate scene. Like I said, there were some highs, there were some lows. Like, I just had to learn a lot of stuff the hard way about about how to file your taxes and like how to go to HR about issues that you have and like dealing with upper management that don't really know how to management, things like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? So I, it was just so many nuances that I had to take away from that experience that even though it looks like the biggest loss, because I walked away from so much money and so much like stability, I feel like it's my biggest leap of faith because yeah. I had no idea what I was doing when I submitted that two-week paper. Like, I turned that pink pink sleep in on a Friday and got to my car and was like, like, a a boulder dropped to, like, the pit of my stomach because I was like, yeah, I don't don't got no job, right? What do I do now? I just got pre-approved for this here loan, this house, and I thought we were going to be signing closing papers in the next couple of weeks, and it's not that's not what it's going to be looking like now because you have to have income to have a mortgage. And after two weeks, I did not have a plan for making that income, but I did have what I love doing, which was the PR. I did have the Bella Boca clients. Um, And so I was like, how can I monetize this for myself? Mm -hmm. So I started with little projects, like little design stuff here and there that I could do. Um, For people, my dad is still one of my biggest clients to this day. Shout out to my pops, 920 Services. Um, But, like, because he's a chef, he's busy cooking. So, like, he would need to make gift certificates um, for like clients or stuff like that, or like marketing materials. I would start doing like little stuff that I knew how to do, stuff I knew how to play around with. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I was always on social media because. I'm just like learning. And again, with the whole connecting thing, I, social media was just always something that interests me since my space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've evolved from my space to Facebook to Instagram and so on and so forth. Um, just because I, I'm so into the idea that you can connect with people around the world like even what we're doing now connecting here um like you can connect from anywhere so I just thought the concept of being social online in networks Mm -hmm. was a dope experience and so I kind of dove more into that as it was growing in popularity Mm -hmm. um but from a learning aspect like learning about the platforms learning about what it is that they do how they work Um, Just because I thought that it was the next wave.
0: Thank you for listening to Shift the Plan podcast. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure that you are subscribed and that you rate this episode as well as leave a review. Let me know what you think as well as any questions you may have for the guest that was on the episode today. Now, some exciting news: if you haven't already seen it on my uh, Shift the Plan podcast or my personal page, The Ronda Evans, we are now a whole tribe, y'all. I know it has evolved from just me having an idea to starting the podcast to now wanting to connect with more individuals who are shift makers those who are making an impact in different areas in the community and education mental health and just what that foundation of building families are Um, and so I'm excited to announce that we are now an organization called shift maker charlotte so you can head on over to our instagram page at shift.makers.clt and take a look at what we have going on. And you can also go directly to the website at shifttheplan.com backslash join the tribe.